James, thanks for taking the time to do this. Really appreciate it, particularly uh, this period. It is always a super busy period. The, the lead up to a release and the fact that it comes out and it doesn't stop there. The work continues, the promotion, the push and all of that. It's been a few days since Hod came out. How does it feel? Um, a relief, really, to be honest, mate. It's been a, it's been a hell of a long time coming um, for, the, for obvious reasons. You know, uh, everyone's been delayed in some way over the the last sort of two years. Sorry, it's, it's going to be distracting. Let me get rid of that. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, this is like, this being the third part of the trilogy that I've been working on, um, it's like the three EPs really, uh, I think were like a really sort of accurate kind of timestamp of where we, we were with our writing over the three. So, like the first EP was sort of like the early material and it's a good kind of, it show, really demonstrates how we kind of evolved our sound. Um, so for us now, this is kind of, uh, it's like a big relief and it's been, it's been received really well. I can't, you know, I've been really blown away with like, we've had some great comments about the stuff. So, you know, I couldn't be happier really. It's, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all very, very happy and excited to get going with it, you know? Is it the fact that it's the third and final chapter of this trilogy made the release more significant? There is extra significance around it because you are, as you say, drawing a line under that period. Um, I mean, it's significant in the fact that we're kind of just we've glad we're glad we're glad we got there. <laughs> you know, um, there was a couple of times over the last two years where it's like, I'm sure I'm not alone feeling this way. Um, that you know, when you're you, you've kind of, you've been like sort of, I don't know, like a life musician, like you've always done it sort of thing. Um, sort of having that taken away from you for a period of time, you kind of, you're almost like grieving the process because you, it's something that you've always known um, and something that you've always kind of um, accepted uh, as part of your life and you used it as a, you know, um, as a, a vessel to sort of channel uh, inspiration, emotions, whatever, and you've got a tight team of guys that have got. We've we've been in a band together a long time, and we're we, you know we've put a lot of work into this, and um, I think it's that that's the the big thing. It's like it's just a huge, a huge sigh of relief, um, and the songs really. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean. I'm pleased to say that I think they still stand up. I mean, it's been, they were written a long time ago, so I'm kind of glad. Yeah, that's always a fascinating uh, discussion to have over this period of time, these last couple of years, about music that's been delayed and held back and the freshness that it has in the artist's ears. If you wrote it so many years ago and it should have already been out however long ago, when you then reach this period and you've got to go and do your promoting and you've got to go and push and push this EP out, do you... Do you, did, you, did you feel the same sense of excitement as we got to Friday? Uh, I did, actually, I didn't think, I, I, there was a time during, it's been so long, there's been times where I've thought, how am I gonna feel about this? Yeah. But then when it's been long enough, because we've been writing, we haven't been, we haven't been slacking, like we've still been writing loads of stuff, um, which is exciting as well. Um, but I think having a long period of time away from it, then coming back to it, it's almost like approaching it for the first time again after a while. Because, you know, like if you, you're the film that you watched, like, like say 10 years ago, and you're like, oh, it's a classic. 
But like, if you watched it, say like, you know, if you watched it three times in a month, that you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's that. But then if you have a, lo a long period away, you get, you kind of, you almost forget things and you're, you're like, you come back to it and you, you, it's it suddenly you're, you're back to, oh yeah, I remember when we did that bit. I remember how this felt the first time when we were tracking the guitars in the studio and, you know, it was nice because the, like the old banter, like come back with the band that we were talking about, like, you know, the laughs we had when we were recording it and stuff. And um, yeah, it's been, I think in, in some ways it's been long enough for us to come back to it and get that rejuvenated kind of feeling, so. Oh, it's kind of fascinating because of the release sort of date, it's almost poetic that the trilogy almost frames COVID, so to speak, starting in 2019 and ending in 2022. How much has the COVID period shaped Haunt, in spe Haunt specifically? As in the, mu uh, the shape, the music of it? Yeah. You know what? It hasn't, it was written before. It was written before, but it's the same old problems. Do you know what I mean? It approaches yeah. the same old problems that keep cropping up in our, in our, in our world, in the news and society. It's the same old shit coming back around, taking different ugly forms. Which is why I'm pleased that that I'm like I'm, when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, some of these, some some of these narratives, like because when you're talking to press and stuff, obviously you've got to talk about what the lyrics are about, what the songs about, and like you know, I'm 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 writing about what I originally, well, trying my best to remember what they're originally about, um, uh, and then you're like, God, some of these narratives are still, you know, are still appropriate now. So, I mean, the all, for instance, that was. When I wrote that, it was it was the, the whole Syria thing, you know, and there was all the chemical weapons going on in Syria, and there was just you know just so much ugliness going on at that point. Um, and then it just I don't know, just it's just it's just come out now, and it's like it was you know it was never obviously never an intentional thing, but obviously the Russia Ukraine thing coming now, and the timing was just really strange, you know, and it just felt but it just felt appropriate. In that in in that sense as well, because it's a similar message, you know. Yeah, I mean that's it's timeless subjects almost to a certain degree because oh right, we would really love to not have war and these issues that we have going on in the world, but ultimately that is time. That is what always seems to happen. But you must have been conscious that uh, regardless of you being aware when you wrote it, and if that detail is not for the Spotify listener or the Apple Music listener, that there might be an association with COVID purely because obviously. It's that period. Were you conscious of that? And did you can't you do you kind of want to express the fact that it's not COVID-based? I mean, it's not. It's I, I don't. I, uh, it's really not COVID-based. Mm. Um, uh, there are things. There are links to things that were involved yeah. in COVID. Obviously, um, you know. Uh, you know, in a 2 a.m. conversation, I've been known to get, I can, I can chat someone's ear off about how I don't, enjoy, I don't like AI and, and all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and uh, encroaching on our freedoms and that kind of thing. I, I say 2 a.m. I'm not a regular at that. I'm just, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, um, I think, I think these, these things have evolved as uh, over that period of time. And, it's 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 mad really like looking back at it now because you know it's still it's still prevalent you know there is still there are still some crazy things happening 
um, in the world regarding, you know, shifts in power, changes in, in, in uh, like, like data, data, for instance, um, shifts in uh, like, uh, well, in, in the, the world banking system and how we're looking at digital currencies and how we're looking at all these different societal, societal shifts now. Um, so yeah, um, it's it, 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 I think I think it is it would be easy to it would be easy for someone to to look at it and go oh, okay I can relate to that being COVID I can see that you know I can see that I think it's just because of the bigger picture more than anything else when something's dominated your life uh, the entire world for like three bloody years it feels like the actual COVID aspect is now just part of a smaller picture when everything else that's gone on around it. But on a more personal thing then, about Creature overall during this period, you and I, were both in the UK, so we both, we know the trials and tribulations that we've gone through in this country, um, both personally and professionally, you know, you're talking on a personal level, but you're also talking about what you said yourself, about the band, the lack of live music and all that. How have you guys as a group coped? And do you think you're in a stronger place now where we are in 2022? Um... I think we've probably coped as well just about as well as anybody really it, it's um for me personally um it was it was quite a roller coaster um and i say i think everyone thought it was a bit of a roller coaster you know yeah. um some days you're just like oh bloody hell just going going stir crazy on a going don't want to go and do the norm you know but then in the back of your mind you're thinking there are people who are suffering a lot more than me you know so you know, there was a there was a lot of difficulty with people. I mean, uh, obviously the NHS comes to mind, and carers, people who visiting, you know, the sick. You know, um, my mum's friend, uh, unfortunately, she didn't pass away from COVID, but she passed away during it, and my mum couldn't go in to visit her, and it was heartbreaking for her. You know, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people had those uh, scenarios. You know, um, uh, regarding the music side um we just kind of tried to keep going as much as possible writing wise so you know been writing for an album uh uh demoing you know it's it's funny because you know i've got demos for an album which we wrote like nearly two years ago you know it's we're quite ahead with our writing you know in a sense but um uh i, I think it the, the main thing really was just uh, not losing, like, because we knew we couldn't gig, right? Yeah. Being totally, being totally honest with you, we decided that we weren't going to release Haunt during COVID. Some bands did very well and capitalised on, on, on during during that time. I say capitalised, it sounds a bit cynical. I, I didn't mean it like that, but you know, some people did very well uh, re releasing during that time. But because we did the Hound tour, and then it all kind of it all kind of fell apart and we couldn't gig. And, and for us, really, the live side of things is the, is the big thing, you know? We really enjoy that. And uh, we're kind of old school in, like, in that way that, you know, I, I'd rather be on a stage playing to people than looking down a camera, you know? And, and I don't think it translates, it doesn't always translate particularly well that way in the genre of music we do, unless you've got like a decent budget and a lighting show and. Uh, and that kind of thing. Like Code Orange did quite an impressive performance during during COVID, and uh, there was a few of us I saw. I saw Mike Patton do something as well, which was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Mr. Bungle stuff that was cool. Um, 
but yeah, we just, we just, uh, you know, we just felt that we, we, unless we can, unless we know we can get into, we, we can book shows, go in and deliver the set and be in the right frame uh, mindset to go and do our best. Uh, we'd put it back until we, we thought the time was right. And that felt, that felt like now. So uh, we, we, you know, we've, we've got this uh, show lined up at 2000 trees, mm -hmm. which is going to be absolutely amazing. I've wanted to do it for so long, so long. Uh, and uh, it's been put back obviously two years. There was the organization, the organizers have done a great job with that. Um, and I'm really kind of, stoked to be playing with such a great lineup there some great bands that I can't like you know Fry's are playing and so, like there's loads of bands that I like are playing um so that's going to be incredible we've got a release show uh we've got some more shows that are coming through that haven't been announced yet so got oh yeah of course yeah. yeah um but yeah it's starting to feel exciting it's, it's feeling exciting I, I'm so sorry I've waffled on I can't remember what the the question was <laughs> sorry man I love Nothing more than talking with someone who, as you put it, waffles on because it's a conversation. It's, I don't just want to be throwing questions at you and then you just give me one word answers. You pretty much no, like, the biggest thing I kind of kind of tying into that is you mentioned there about the you know not deciding not to play live because or like because the situation wasn't allowing in this country. We had a very stop start thing going on, call it a roller coaster, where there were periods where it looked like things would be okay. There were brief periods where uh restricted gigs seated and stuff like that were going on did that mm. any of that ever cross your minds no <laughs> no like well, sitting down at a metal metal gig i mean unless you're going unless you obviously i've sat down at metal gigs i've gone to, i've seen well metal gigs i've seen like you know sabbath and purple and people at rainbow and stuff like that and sat down and like you know, i've ended up stood up but you know uh i just you know we play some we play some pretty gnarly like filthy stuff that just being sat down will be on one of them little sad little platforms at a festival just just look uh, just shit it, it's about it's about to me you're at a gig because you can it's like a it's a communal thing you're all together having a good time and it feels like it's being hindered somewhat when you're you're being there's been like so many rules imposed on the audience and that just to be honest that just be like like, excuse the term, but be a proper boner killer on stage. Like, you know, I just, I just, I just be up there just going, this is so lame. I, I can't encourage it. I just, I see why people did it, but I just, I just don't want it to be the future. Do you know what I mean? It seemed like it was such a brief thing because it seemed like, all right, you guys, venues can try this. And then no venue could actually bloody open because they couldn't afford it when you were, what, one quarter full? Those poor venues, man. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks, it's man. Surprising. I don't know how you are um, around where you are, but like more seem to have survived to this point than I expected. Not that like yeah. you know, it's still a pretty scene out there, but it's it didn't turn out to be as horrifying as it was at one stage. We've had, we, it's 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 mad actually. One of the venues that closed down by us actually reopened after um, after after COVID. So they closed down before COVID. And then opened after COVID, so that, I don't think they had any sort of foresight there. But uh, they've come back, and, and that's where we're doing our release show, the Flapper and Birkin in Birmingham. It's one of my favourite venues in Birmingham. So that's, uh, I think, it is my favourite actually. 
but yeah, I've, I've, it's the mo my most played venue in Birmingham by a long stretch. I reckon I've played there over the years. I reckon I've played there about 30 times in different bands. So, <laughs> <laughs> so take you back to the start of Trilogy then. Hexwood Hound, Following, and obviously now Haunt. How much from your memory that you originally envisioned with this trilogy exists now that they're all available? Say that once more, sorry. So with the full trilogy being complete, how much of what you initially envisioned it to be like, how it to sound like, and how it would be a collection, so to speak, the trilogy, how much of that still exists now for you? Oh, I think it's better. I, 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 I really do think it's better um, than we okay. initially envisioned, which is so, I mean, for me, that's so rare. Because the amount of times I've recorded something uh, and then I got it back and then a couple of weeks later, I'm just pulling it apart again because it's something's wrong. And I'm like, oh, shit, that didn't that would that didn't go well. Like, whereas um, when we work, we worked with Steve Sears, who's uh, familiar with his back catalogue of work. He's done some incredible stuff and his ear is just outstanding. And uh, he's very musically minded, very gifted. Um, uh, and we we're. And we, we, we worked well together, you know, we had, we had a, a good time in the studio, it was, it was a hard graft. Um, but essentially we came away with something that uh, really stands up um, uh, to our expectations and getting Luke involved as well, old friend of mine, Luke Priest, to do the artwork. Oh yeah. I mean, the timing was a dream really because uh, you know, it was like it was. He finished our artwork, and then it was like it seemed like only like weeks later, he's suddenly doing all the Gears of War artwork for Xbox, and he just blew up. You know, I mean, he obviously he'd done some big stuff before, and he was doing a solid. You know, um, get jumping on the vision with us, and he, he he liked the music, you see, and he had the lyrics. He went through the lyrics, and he he really brought it to life with the artwork. I think. Um, uh, but yeah, the timing was superb, really, because, you know, say there's weeks in it, really, where he probably wouldn't have been able to pin him down, you know. Of course. Yeah, the one thing uh, about the COVID period did allow a lot of um, experimentation, not just uh, specifically with art, but with artists themselves, people who are available suddenly weren't. Jump on Zoom, we can do this and we can do that for five minutes. That's really, really cool. There's one small benefits of a very negative period. Yeah, I think everyone had to be creative in their own way, didn't they? And, and you got to respect that human spirit, man. People, people don't want to get they don't want to get bored, man. They don't want to disconnect from each other, even if they're being told to. You know, and uh, you got to like it was it was just a difficult one because the, the messages that is that's it's just a prime example of that two way uh, narrative that we get force fed down our throat every day, and it's just very divisive and. It's hard to make a decision without affecting, upsetting somebody, isn't it, in, in these situations? So um, I think, you know, uh, the, the one thing that did really shine through were, you know, the fact that people still were being creative and they were still expressing themselves. I, I thought that was, a, that was amazing, you know, in whatever way they chose to, whether they decided to do it online or whether they decided to write or make vi music videos or, you know, uh, or create fantastic art you know hmm. we're starting to see well we've we've already started to see quite an abundance of great material because everyone's had time to do it man 
That's it, really, isn't it? It seems the biggest thing that the amount of time afforded. One of the most interesting things that often comes up with uh, when we talk about the COVID period with any band, and this is across the world, from America to Australia, you name it, we've spoken to over the last couple of years, is benefits of COVID has been time. And whether it be the time to perfect a release, yeah. it was supposed to be out six months before, and they got an extra six months, and then they were able to do stuff like that. That sort of seems to be the common theme. I think so, yeah. Um, and I think people are getting, gave, I mean, I don't know, what did you, did you pick up any new, did you decide to take up any new skills during COVID or did you to do, wow. so a lot of people did, like, and I, uh, that's why I thought of that. I was, like, did you, did, go on, tell me, what did you, uh, what did you working. do with your time? Sorry. I stopped working. So, really? Uh, I was uh, classed as a key worker. Um, oh, well, fair play to you. My shifts carried on. My, my work continued, and uh, I do shift works nights, early's, lates, and all of that. So, uh, my you know, my time wasn't quite as free as it was for a lot of people. I had a little did you not, bit. Of you, did you not, did you not get any furlough or anything then? No, I work for I work for Transport for London. Uh, so, like you know, we're you know public body. Oh, good on you. So, yeah, I mean that's you know, I imagine I imagine that's that wasn't that can't have been that can't have been the easiest period for you, you know, because it's. Um, obviously it's so up in the air with everything wasn't it I mean I don't know about you but the first time we you know Covid was mentioned I was like I was like I felt like I was in some sort of like apocalyptic film going to the supermarket just wrapping up for like gloves and you know what I mean because like, we didn't know what was going on you well, know. It's a secret uh, you know uh, I may not leave this part in I don't know it's a secret but I'm like one of the I'm very early adopter of Covid I got it very very early on uh, pre before it became a big thing and way before vaccines and all of that. So, before, yeah, before, before it became on, on trend. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, basically, <laughs> mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked them before they, they sold out. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, um, when it kind of properly kicked in, I was a little less uh, fearful if that was the case. Yeah. Well, oh, fair facts. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, yeah. You, I take it you didn't get it too. You didn't get too bad though, fortunately. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it was it was a bad flu for me. I knocked me out of action for about two weeks. All oh, right, okay, yeah. I didn't get. Honestly, I didn't get it until about two months ago or something. Oh. Um, and I had it for like it felt like I just did the saw the week out. I don't know how it just I just dodged it somehow. Um, especially like like I do some lecturing at a college. Uh, for big shout out in Birmingham um, mm. and uh, get some brownie points in there. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously you're in air conditioned rooms and germs are getting passed through the building, you know. And I think I caught it. I think I caught, might have caught it there. I'm not going to point any fingers. But, uh, but it, yeah, it wasn't, it was, it was, it was kind of, I think it was like 48 hours of feeling pretty rot. Yeah. And I was pretty, I was all right, not too, uh, but it was over the next sort of week, it just kind of phased out, fortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's 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 been it's been an interesting ride, man. Now it's been a very interesting ride. I'm, I mean, I'm excited that we can start doing some festivals again now and start doing some shows again. I'm excited that like you know new music's coming out. I'm excited that new like movies are, like are finally dropping again, and yeah. you know it's. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Do you like? I take it with the uh, 
the podcast title you do, you are partial to some zombie films yeah yeah it's inspired the title it's the brain have you seen that grim, have you seen that grim one the sadness yet i watched it last week yeah oh, oh. good lord a lot of, yeah, it's quite a gory one it's quite a gory it is, one. it is a smidge isn't it it's a yeah. little bit it's not what big one for the family. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can play it, play it. Um, we'll put it on instead of Ratatouille at Christmas, would you? Um, it's uh, it was it was good. Like the thing is, it was like excessive gore, but at the same time, I felt like it worked. Like I did. I, I don't know how you felt, but I did. I found I found it quite. I actually did find it quite disturbing. I find I find like horrors tedious a lot of the time. But something about it was the eyes, I think, just wigged me out a bit. You know, the black eyes. Um, I think it's a personal thing as well, like some of us would horror. It's like, I, I can stomach everything, almost everything, except for two specific things. One of them is body yeah. horror. So if you've ever seen something like cabin fever, where flesh-eating things attack your body, oh. like that, that, that bothers me. It bugs me. And the other one is sexualized violence. Like right. super sexualized violence, like and the, the sadness. What has elements of that in it, and that always leaves me a little bit uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, that was oh god, yeah, yeah, the wheelchair bit. Oh dear, yeah. oh well, um, yeah, yeah. So it's, that one's burned in now. Um, with me, it's like it's eyes and teeth, man. Oh, anything going in an eye or tough. Oh no, nah, man, it's just like can't deal, can't deal with it. It's it's <laughs> yeah, but the... yeah, it's a, I thought I thought I, I thought overall it was an all right. I, I, I thought it was a pretty uh, pretty decent film, all in all. To be fair, I quite I quite enjoyed it. That's it. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you that I thought it was a decent film as well. Uh, but the pro problem for me was uh, all I, everyone was telling me it was the best zombie film like for years, and uh, I, I watched it. And went, yeah, it was good. Don't quite yeah, see what. Yeah, like what, where that's coming from. But I think it's more of the shock value than anything else. I think if you kind of let it, like if you ask me directly afterwards, I've been like, oh my God. A day later, you know, when it sits in your mind and you think about it a bit, you're like, okay, no, no, I didn't really like that bit. I didn't like this bit. I didn't like that bit and so on. That sort of thing happens. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, like, it's not strictly a zombie film, but 28 Days Later is still probably one of my favourite films in that kind of field. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that whole is it a zombie thing, whatever. I, if uh, for me, like, it falls into that category. It's a great, great, absolutely movie. Great movie. The last, um, I don't know if you've seen it, so I'll recommend it to you. But the last, uh, what I consider is to be the best zombie movie I've seen in since like the eighties is a movie called The Night Eats the World. Okay, no, I've not seen that. Okay, I'm gonna make a note of that. Yeah, right now. I think it's like an Amazon or something like that the, at the moment. But uh, yeah, that, I, I, that's one I would thoroughly recommend. Okay, well, I just want to appreciate that. I will, I will have a look at that for sure. Uh, there's a new one I saw one of my friends talking about the other day called, is it He, he or Him or something? Okay. It's just uh, yeah, it looks, it's, it sounds quite dark, but it's not a zombie film, but it's, uh, it's a horror-ish kind of thing, I believe. Isn't it the same guy you did the, uh, oh God, my brain's gone now. What's the one, Ex, Machi Ex Machina, is that film? Ex Machina? With the kind of, uh, it's like the sort of cyborg-y type film, cyborg. Yeah, I think I can vaguely, I've got re vague recollections of it. I think, I, it's the same, I think it's the same director or producer. Oh, that, okay, so. okay, that makes um, sense. 
So what was it? Sorry, what was it called? It Eats the Night or something? The Night Eats the World. Night Eats the World, sorry. Right. The night yeah, it's, it's, it's a translation from a French, because it was a French novel they made into a movie. But it's not in French, it's in English. Okay, cool. Oh, I will definitely give that a look. I hope you um, like it. Yeah, did you go to did you go to download at all this weekend? No, I was working. My wife did, and uh, I'm not really hot, too hot on download. Um, not because of lineup, more because of the actual size of the festival and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, so I tend to if I go any for days these these days. Uh, but I was working all weekend. My wife, my wife went with some friends, and I ended up feeling quite jealous, you know, because of the because of the warm weather and everyone's in the field and having a good time. Every time I don't go, it's sunny. It's so annoying. Yeah, yeah. Like I literally, I could it literally drowned at the last few that I went to. Yeah. I remember being stood at download, watching someone like, I think it was like Aussie on the Saturday or something, and I looked down and there was a half half pint glass. So there was no, so it's a pint glass half full, floating past me. Oh man! I was like. Uh, that the year it got was that the year it got nicknamed down drownload because there was I can't remember yeah pro probably was yeah I, I definitely called it drownload that year yeah I remember a lot of people called it drownload I remember we got there on the Friday and by I think we got there sort of like half ten in the morning and by midday everything I owned was drenched. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like I'd give up. I feel like I'd give up if that had got so bad that early on. Did you stay the whole weekend? Oh, I did. I, I did as long as I could. Yeah, we did. We soldiered through because I was taking. Basically, I went uh, with uh, a lad. I, I, I went uh, as a kept like a, a carer, but like I took a lad with autism, um, and he was really he. You know, it was really pumped to see a load of them. So we we did soldier through, um, and then it was uh, I think it was like the end. It got to like the last strum of Iron Maiden, who like, we got through, and it was just like, "Thank you, don't it?" And he was like, "We were already on the way to the car park." I was just like, so "I need to go and try out for a very long time." Like, you know. Yeah, uh, thankfully I've never experienced a festival like that. Like, I've done a few rainy ones. I do Bloodstock pretty much every year, um, and oh, a couple cool. of times it's rained there, but like not that torrent torrential. Everything's flooded and screwed thing. I hope I hope I never have to deal with it. <laughs> I did. Uh, I once did uh, Boardmasters uh, for a stag do, and uh -huh. that was a shit. That was that was probably the wind was worse. There was people chasing their tents across the field. It was like it was that bad. And uh, we just ended up <laughs> we ended up in like bin bags and shorts and sandals for the whole thing because it was, it was the only thing that like wouldn't you know that we could get away with getting drenched for that period of time you know. Um, it's bloody country yeah. man. It's sunny today, rain tomorrow. Weirdly enough, like my like it's the opposite. Like our uh, Hellfest 2014 is the one that's burned into my memory as the most uncomfortable I've been at a festival because of the mm. heat. Because it was the opposite. It was like 35. Right breeze every day and it was just you know outside or not you're just melting in that it's just that yeah it's too much in it if you can't if you can't actually find any shelter it's just a losing battle in it because it may be very ill can't it you know yeah because uh, yeah, you're drinking a lot you drink you know you know you should be drinking lots of water but you're not drinking lots of bloody water <laughs> you're drinking lots of trooper and drying yourself out i imagine yeah exactly um, but uh, yeah it's it, it, it's uh, you know 
it's the price we pay, mate, to have a bit of fun. That's it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're probably, we're, you know, narrowing on about the weather because it's such a British way. And um, it's a very hot, it's very, it's, it's very hot today, man. I'm boiling. I am, but I've got a video on, so my, my, my own props. No, yeah, we should talk, talk about something else. All right. <laughs> if you got, um, if you got anything, sorry, you were saying, sorry. No, I was saying, no, it's warm here as well. Uh, so it's not just you, it's down in London. It's uh, very warm too. Wicked. Yeah, are you going, have you got plans today? What are you up to? Oh, uh, I've actually been up now for 23 hours. I was at work last night. So I finished this morning at seven, got home about quarter to eight. Was initially going to go, oh yeah, get a few hours sleep but didn't really feel that tired. I'm like, these are my rest days. These are my days off. And I'm like, well, no, stay up. You can do a few little bits. You've got the interview at half three. You'll be going. So when we finish, I'm probably just going to go straight to sleep. <laughs> oh, fair dues, man. You get, get your head down, mate. Get your head down. Yeah, uh, it's all good. It's all good, though. It's, um, it's always nice. I, these energise me, so I always enjoy them. You'll know if I start looking tired or bored. You'll see it on my face. It's right here. And but I <laughs> Yeah, you, uh, you've been very energetic so far, mate. I've been, uh, I appreciate your time. I've been, uh, the last week it's been, I think that's another thing that's been like kind of adjusting. It's like the getting used to doing the press again. Mm. Like, you know, like filling out stuff because you, it's like, um, we've got a very good uh, PR guy. He's incredible and um, very fortunate, um, which means that we get, you know, a fair bit come in, you know, so I'm just... I'm writing, writing questions, writing answers to questions and stuff, and you know. How do you feel? Stick into that thread, then. How how are you, and how do you feel? Are you at that stage yet where you are answering the same questions several times, over and over in Q and A's, rewriting it, or having to say it in video interviews like this? Do you do you kind of get annoyed by that, or you kind of just shrug your yeah, shoulders? It is what it is. Yeah, we, we we get some quite creative stuff come through actually and I'll, I do quite enjoy it because you know it's like like so sometimes you get caught out at a, an angle that uh, someone goes in at an angle on your music and you're like I appreciate that that person's taken time to think of that you know because right you know it haven't it, it just shows it shows that you know they've, they've obviously like you know given their good their time to analyze your music and your lyrics and and you know, and it's something. It's if anything, it's a bit of a compliment, really. Um, we're not, we're not that, you know, we're not that, we're not that sort of, we're not that sort of level where we we're doing sort of Graham Norton interviews on your new book being released, or you know, those kind of throwaway questions where everyone just cheers anything. Um, we seem to like get some really kind of insightful uh, and kind of astute people, really, which is. Which is, uh, yeah, it's quite a privilege, really. It's, I, I enjoy it, but it does take time because I, I want to pay them the same respects by giving them a decent answer because they've taken the time to give me a decent question, you know? As well as that, it, it only benefits you as well, you know? The more concise, the more interesting your answer is to a question, the more readable it is, the more interest it brings in potentially well, someone who hasn't listened to music but just reads that interview randomly. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I can only be me, and um, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be as as honest and uh, serve. Let my try and get my memory to serve me sometimes as best as it can. If it's been a while since I've thought about something, I might have to take a bit of time just to 
you know, like jog the memory about, you know, how I felt about a piece of music that I wrote, you know, four years ago or whatever, you know, um, uh, look at some old notes or sometimes, but uh, I think this time around it's been, regarding that, uh, these songs have been very, I've always been kind of some favourites of mine, so they've kind of been a lot sort of fresher in the memory, I think. Um, well, I, want to bring I know you... so it must sound daft, but when you because you're like, well, you wrote the bloody song, can't you remember what it's about? But it's like oh, no. sometimes no, actually. <laughs> no, of course, because ultimately, as well, you're a musician, you're an artist, um, you are always moving forward, you're always going to be thinking and planning and wondering what comes next, whether it be writing music or just playing around, playing with your instrument, as it were. Um, I don't think anybody would be really that surprised to learn, okay, you've forgotten that, or you need to relook at that to refresh yourself. It's, that's, you're human. I'd hope not, yeah. <laughs> I do worry about it though. I do, I do think like, uh, uh, they're, they're gonna be like, oh, it's amateur hour. He doesn't even know what his bloody songs are about, you know? <laughs> Well, I'm going to do one of those segue moments now. So bring up the human thing. One of the things that uh, particularly would haunt, but I think the trilogy overall as well is there's a human aspect to it. And it's a connection between you and the listeners because ultimately you're dealing with and talking about hefty subjects, but they aren't necessarily done in a soapbox style way. It feels like you can listen and also take your, what you want from it, self-discovery, understand how you want it to be understood. That shared experience between you and the listeners how important is that to creature overall? Well, um, I mean, I, th I, 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 personally, I personally feel that like, um, people should be allowed to take what they want from a song. I don't expect them to, I, I, I try not to, I don't want to religiously drum the meaning of my material into someone's head. But if someone does ask about it, I will be detailed and, tell them the angle I come from so they can understand why it was created that way. Mm. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is that unity, that sort of connection with people. Um, if, if a song, you know, if, if someone takes meaning from a song in a different light, but it helps them, great. You know, like if you're, you're just, got, you're, if you're just tapping in, if you're not even listening to the lyrics and you're just tapping into the core energy of the material and it lights something up inside you, brilliant that's exactly that's what that's, that's what music is it's connectivity it's everyone vibing off each other and you know everyone sharing that kind of primal moment at a gig where everything's kicking off or everyone's cheering or everyone's like moshing or whatever you know it's uh that really really it's the sort of connection uh with those it's that sort of basic connection is probably more important, really, I think, because that's where that unity comes from. Yeah, I actually 100% agree with that. Um, it worries me sometimes that um, music in general, but maybe heavier in the rock and metal thing gets a bit uh, study heavy, where it's like, oh, you must read the lyrics and you must do this and you must follow this because, hey, you've got to understand the meaning of this and all that. And it's kind of like, well, no, if it makes a person feel, because that's the biggest thing of all, feeling, and um, that's that. That's all that really matters. If they then want to follow it along, go further with it to then because they become a bigger fan of the band and the music and stuff like that, that's up to them. But if they're just hearing that music and it's making them feel a certain way, to me, that's like the most perfect dreamlike scenario for any artist. Yeah, look at look at bands like Rage Against the Machine. Mm. You know, like they've got a, they've got a heavy political statement in their music, right? Whether you agree with it or, or not, they're neither here nor there, they have got one. 
Yeah. But the energy was what made them blow up, actually. Because yeah. that, the, 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 just the attack of the voice, the, the groove of the drums, the, 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 the heavy riffs, and the, when they dropped, because, uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember when they, they dropped initially, like, um, it was, it was fucking magic. Do you know what I mean? It was, everyone was wearing them four, them Ford t-shirt, them logo, Ford logos that said fucks on the hoodies, you remember? And uh, sweeping the drains with their jeans. Um, but, uh, oh, the good old days. Um, but uh, it was, it was killer. Do you know what I mean? It was, uh, it was one of those, t- it was, it, it was that, it was alive and it was fresh and it was, it was, it was something that everyone kind of just jumped on initially. When, when Slipknot first came out, I saw <laughs> Slipknot on their first ever tour. I was very lucky at the Civic in Wolverhampton. It was, the sound was just absolutely appalling because half the PA kept cutting out, but the gig was fucking tits, man. And it was that one, it was really memorable, but uh, unfortunately uh, for a poor, uh, uh, a poor lass in the audience, Sid, the DJ did a backflip off the balcony and landed on a girl in the crowd. Do you, I don't know if you remember hearing about that. And it's they all like, broke his ankles, is he? Sorry? When we broke his ankles. He, he, he landed on a girl in the audience doing a backflip off the balcony and she, she wasn't too healthy at the end of it, I don't think. I think she recovered, but they all went into... I remember that. They, well, I remember they all went into the hospital was to give us some sweaty slip knot <laughs> uniforms to say, like, sorry, we landed on your head. Sorry about um, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah evens. Um, but yeah, it was uh, like... That those bands that have that kind of that core energy do seem to um, stay with us longer. I mean, it's not just this genre. It's not just in in metal or whatever. It's it's any genre of music at the end of the day, man. It's so uh, um, about like, what's your favourite non-metal gig you've ever been to? Prince. 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 Yeah. Oh man, got to, I never got to see him. Where was where was that? Uh, the O2 Arena in London. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a birthday Good present. venue, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool place. It's a cool place, you know. Um, yeah, don't get to go to much because our music doesn't really get in there, you know. But mind you. No, I mean, it's funny. It's funny you say that because one of my favourite gigs was at that same venue when I went to see Bjork. Oh, Bjork. Oh, wow. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Incredible life. Insane. And the visuals, just insane. Um Never seen anything like it. Probably never, you know. And I, unless I go to see her, I'll probably never see it again. Do you know what I mean? It was uh, a really, really, really memorable show. You know, um, but that venue was good. Yeah, it was good. Good, decent enough sound system for a stadium. I found. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like with that, with those. I mean, with those shows, I guess with with Prince, like his back catalogue, he doesn't. He's he connects on so many different levels because he uses so many different instruments, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, so it's, it's, it's that, I mean, from a creature perspective, um, when you guys play live, is that something that you really try to tap into? Because ultimately how you're perceived on record is one thing. How you're perceived live is another. Every band wants to try and sound as, as close to studio as they can, but we all know that's not the case necessarily in the live environment. When, how do you weigh up the differences in Creature from studio to live? Um, we, live, we, we, we do, ch- we change little things live. Mm. We try, just little subtle things. But 
it's that like kind of it's enough to kind of keep interest in things i think um um it's all it's about the it's a, it's a lot about the energy we, we create on stage we're all we all throw ourselves into our music quite heavily when we when we play um it's an intense set i'm not gonna lie to you it's an intense set uh, uh for, for me sometimes <laughs> um and uh and it's good it's good it's 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 us um it's 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 three musicians that have been doing it quite a long time just in their element do you know what i mean that's that's what we're doing really and we're trying to vibe off you know the crowd that are there it's each each show will have its own kind of it depends where we play really what what the audience is like we'll we'll vibe it differently do different sort of interludes and stuff we try and keep it fresh you know um the the record is it has got a rawness to it yeah it has got a rawness to it because we don't we don't record to click or anything because we do we just we made that a decision uh it's like i think there might be like one part of one song that was to click do you know what i mean like it's it's uh predominantly um tracked together so you get that real kind of feel so you do get tempo shifts intentional tempo shifts that add to the kind of vibe of the tracks you know i feel i feel like there's a lot of heavy music that not all but there is there is some there is heavy music these days that has become more of a maths equation than a feeling and that just bores the shit out of me to be honest it doesn't interest me so yeah, I can, it depends on the band. I can take a leave it, but my God, when you said that, my, my my head lit up, and I'm like, God, that's it, that's it. Yep, yeah, math math equations. Yeah, I love that. It, it, it is. It's just a load of dots on a screen that have been lined up. Um, uh, I'm not saying that. Broad, I'm not being broad. Uh, there's only there, there's great bands that do it so well and better than I ever will. I'm not. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying that it's it's overall it's bad, but I just think it can be used lazily and yeah. you lose energy. And something like what we're we're attempting with these EPs, where we are going in for that kind of raw, uh, uh, cathartic experience, it just felt it just felt more real to track it how we play it, you know. Um, I think it really comes through as well. I think one of the most important things, obviously, uh, when recording any release is obviously the production values and stuff like that and how you want it to sound. But it's not about whether it's overproduced, underproduced, all out bollocks. It's more about how it sounds in comparative to how it would sound if I walked into a venue tomorrow and you were playing there. Yeah, I think it was, it, you know, it was, it, was, it was trying to capture what we do live, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then um, we, we just gave us an opportunity to review and work it and try and get the best out of it. You know, that's that's the big thing, really. Um, that's what we tend to do. We tend to go in with that organic, impulsive uh, vibe with our music, and then then we come back to it and refine it. Um, Consider yeah, because I think that initial spark is important. It's the most important thing. That bit of magic at the start of a jam. Like I find this thing where sometimes the first time, the first thing I play on a guitar when I pick it up will be the best thing I'll play on that guitar that day. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just that initial excitement, you know? Um, uh, and I think, yeah, it's, it, it's like, a, I don't know. 
I, I feel like sometimes it's it's almost like a flow state, you know. And you, like, I mean, I don't remember gigs. Uh, I just don't. They just go. Okay. Start and, I start and they finish. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm a little bit. I've got a little bit of butterflies, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm knackered. And then that's it. It's gone. <laughs> it must be the odd one that stands out for other reasons. What's you know off the top of your head? What's some of the ones that have like have been real highlights or real moments where you thought, "Damn, this is this is a big deal for us." What's that shows? Yeah, show. Um, we've we've had a few really good good ones. We haven't done as many as we would have liked for obvious reasons, but um, is it more? I think I think a big point was like we we did our our first sort of headline show up in Glasgow, and to see people. Like we're obviously never met before, like throwing down while we were just like blasting through these tunes that we were like, you know, it's our it was our first time touring these songs. We're like, we don't even know if anyone's gonna come or anyone like is it, you know, never mind. Start throwing down and stuff. And uh that was that was a pretty big moment, really. Uh, uh that was like, kind of like an exciting moment. It's like, okay, that's cool, people. We can travel and people will come and see and enjoy us. That's good. That's it. It's the bit most important thing when you're a kind of UK band. You've got, you know, you've got to get out of that, the, the, the city you're from and go to some of the others as much as you possibly can. But I think like, the, answer, the answer for you is it's the next set of shows. It's what comes next uh, with the shows you have lined up as well as the festivals and stuff like that. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask you something that's, um, I think, quite relevant as well, particularly uh, with Creature and what you've had to do over the COVID period and how you've adapted and stuff like that. Um, how do you, do you, do you think Creature's in a good place as a group or an individually to understand what it, what it, what being a, in a band in modern times entails? So I'm talking about stat watching. I'm talking about social media. I'm talking about having to always be online and dealing with all of that and the demand that comes with that. Is that something you think you, you've got a handle on? I, I, I do. We're, we're, we're very good in that way because we kind of, we've, we've, we've naturally kind of developed roles within the band. So, oh. so our drummer is very good at uh, Tom. He's, he takes care of a lot of the kind of Spotify side stats, sales, that kind. He he's got the he's just got that kind of brain for it. He's very good at it. A um, uh, bit nerdy at times, but he's great. Um, <laughs> he said there's been a few times they've just gone over my head, um, but yeah, it's great. Um, and he he's he's a real asset in that in that area. And you know, obviously, he does a he, we kind of take it in terms of communication with. with with folks outside the band's like business side, but he, he does take a, a, a slightly more predominant role in that. Dan is a producer, music producer. So when it comes to demoing, writing, recording, that kind of thing, he obviously steps in there. And then I take care of the, video, the, the visual side, the video side. So we've got a pretty cool team really, like for three people, we've, we've, we've landed quite well, like, you know, been quite lucky there that we, we can all, <laughs> like you know fill the the roles you know um the writing side we just we probably do together um yeah. what, what so, yeah. when it comes to the social media side of things specifically and the ever-changing algorithms whether it be facebook twitter instagram or youtube itself and stuff like that is that an area you think creature are strong at 
Um, I think it's an area that's constantly changing. So it's 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 like with, you feel like you've got it, and then you haven't, <laughs> and then you and then you have got it for a bit, and then you haven't. It's it's quite a, it's quite it's ever uh, evolving kind of thing. Um, I think it's something that we're improve we're we're improving at again now. We've had a bit of we did we did we we hit it quite hard initially. Yep. All our socials, um, and then obviously we didn't have anything to talk about, so we just did we just like we're we're not gonna we're not gonna force it. So now it's getting the ball rolling again, and we're like, okay, where are we at with these things? Like watching, like constantly learning. Like, okay, what do we need? Like, what's what's AdWords doing now? And what's uh, it's yeah, it's it's constant learning uh, exercise for me personally. But uh, yeah, because I I I look after social media accounts for for a couple brands, um, uh, and I uh, I you know, so I, I know. I, I, I do I do have experience in that in that role uh, to a degree, um, but it is always changing. So it is, it is frustrating as hell. I gotta be honest. I, social media drives me mad, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's the ever evolving thing. Oh my god, you're you're my second interview now. That's two interviews in a row where the person I've spoken to has had a bit more experience with this side of things. So this question gets thrown at everyone because everybody's got a different answer in some way about how their band handles it, how they personally handle it, because it is ever changing. So it's always interesting to get it, but you and another band uh, last week kind of had a bit more experience with it. So that brings me to this important part though. Do you enjoy it? Social media. The, 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 yeah, the, the, the social media part of the band. Um, <laughs> depends who I'm doing it for and what day. Um, yeah, yes and no. I went. I got. I, I. I do enjoy. I enjoy it when I've got campaigns and I'm working on things in that way. So using social media, like casually, I don't really. I, I've gone off it. I gotta be honest. Um, whether it's just it feels like a, like you know, a workman's holiday, or I'm not sure. I think. I think it's. I think during COVID, man. I think it got so toxic. Yeah, um, and I was staring at it all day for quite a while, and and it's just it, it it does slowly sort of creep in to your sort of psyche, and you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to be like this. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to be pissed off at the world all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I want to. You, you got to have some balance, haven't you? So. Um, I've started doing more video stuff, to be honest. Um, I'm doing a lot of music videos and, and different types of videography for people because I just find it, I find it more enjoyable to be honest. It's, it's more rewarding currently. So, um, but find, I do still look at some stuff. Are you finding yourself branching into areas like TikTok? Um, <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't really, I've got to be honest. I've been very, I should have been on it. My nephew keeps saying, you need to get a TikTok. My nephew is one of these influencers on TikTok and he's got like a million followers or something. Really? Crazy. Oh. Yeah, he's nuts, man. Um, but yeah, it's like, I do look, I have looked at it uh, and I have, I'm just trying, it's, it's trying to think of a, a way to use it where, a, a way to use it where the platform will enjoy your content but you're not losing your sort of 
any sort of your, your band's credibility at the same time. It's a real, it's a real toss up, you know. I mean, you know, I might dance like a twat after a few beers, but I wouldn't be doing it every day. Do you know what I mean? Or like, you know, it just, it just, it just doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it does, it's not, it's not like an immediate, it is not, it, it's not, uh, um, it doesn't attract me immediately. I don't, it's not, it, yeah. It's it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. The TikTok thing. Cause at the same time, you're like, well, you know, everyone's using it, and it's like I get it. But trying to maintain a fan base on TikTok is quite is quite difficult. It's one of those where people use it to find an audience, but then keeping them connected is a, is an absolute nightmare because it's quite random, isn't it? It seems to be as well, but you, you said yourself that everybody's using it. And if everybody's using it, how the hell do you break through? It's like the belief uh, that used to exist that you anybody could jump on YouTube and get a million subs and earn a load of money. And now reality is bitten for most people. And it's like, nope, once in a blue moon, someone gets lucky. That's it. That's it. It's, um, it's, it's trying to ping that bloody algorithm, mate. If you reach that point, you get a certain amount. And then the channel gets on board, you're laughing. But if you don't, then you're going to be sitting. You're going to be set, sitting in them them low noughts. I'm afraid that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I guess it bugs me because um, obviously nowadays in a band, and it applies to creature, and I guess all bands around the world is measured so heavily now on uh, your reach, your your likes, your follows, and stuff like that. It's less about record sales and even streams to a degree, and it's now more about that aspect. And it doesn't always feel fair because of the aging algorithm. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it, there is, there's a, it's a degree of hype as well, isn't it? Um, uh, and people can, people can fake hype. They can buy likes, they can buy like listens on Spotify. It cracks me up, man, when a band has just released a single independently and then they're just like, yeah, it's been out, our record's been out seven days, got a quarter of a million li- listens. It's like, have you bollocks? Do you know what I mean? It, you, you, like, there's no way. There's just no way. It's impossible. It, unless, like, uh, unless, how, how have I not heard of you, like, at all on any of the major magazines or anything? And you're like, you're, you're like, you should be number one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it should be yeah. in the charts, you know? Um, it does happen it does happen uh, but people see through it and people do see through it and um i think i think the biggest thing really with us is that we're just trying to uh keep people on board we we we've we've had that we've this time round actually i mean i don't you know i don't know if you find it interesting i don't talk in shop or you find it vulgar but um you know i I don't want to i don't i'm not like a oh we shifted this many units man but like We've had, we've had this time round, we have sold more merch than we ever have done before previously, which is amazing. And for me, that means a lot because people have come back, you know, um, and people have bought the trilogy. And I'm like, I just love that. I'm like, people have, people have got the trilogy. That's cool. Like, I just, I enjoy that, you know? Um, so it, I, I know what you're saying regarding socials and bands. Um, at the end of the day, if I, I just a firm believer that if you do something well enough for a long enough period of time, eventually something you eventually it's your circumstances will move with it. Do you know what I mean? 
you, if you're building a following, um, you know, there's been bands in the past that you, you see that, have, like, um, you know, um, are just bands that I respect, like, yeah. you know, like bands like, yeah, like Sixth, for instance, they disappeared for ages, but their music didn't. And it just, they came back and they were almost, they were bigger. Do you know what I mean? And like Queens of the Stone Age did it for a while as well. They disappeared for ages. And then they, they came back and they were, they were bigger. So there are examples of bands out there that, you know, the strength of the music has kept, has, has kept the ball rolling for them. Yeah, it still sense. comes back to that. It still comes back to that, um, which is awesome, really. It's, it's, not, it's not, so, not so much a negative view on it, I think, overall, in the sense that it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. You've got to play the game. Everyone has to, regardless of what part of it is, whether you're us, a review site, or you, the band themselves, we've all got to try and play it to a certain degree. So we get on with it. Um, but only what happens next is important from your perspective. And, you know, you've talked throughout this interview uh, about this feels like the train starting to get moving again, starting to pick up a bit of speed as we now head down the track. You know, the EP is out, at the end of the trilogy, draw a line under that part now it's about what's going to come next we're talking about obviously the shows that are coming up that's hopefully a busy period uh not just the summer but i guess the rest of 2022 out there gigging and um, while obviously i'm not expecting you to go into any detail on this you did of course mention that you have been busy writing too yes mate i mean really now it's just well you know the the, the work ethic and desire never never went it's just we can apply it properly now. That's that's, mm. that's the only thing. That's the big difference. We can we can actually uh, confidently move forward with something um, with uh, with a lot lower chance of it. Touch wood of everything falling to pieces in the midst of it. So uh, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing. It was more, you know, it's it's a case of now that we. We're excited to get things going. We've we've had some things in the band, like uh, Tom, our drummer, got married recently um, to his lovely wife, Syrah. That was amazing. Um, and Dan and his wife, Claire, have just had a baby, which is incredible. So we've had some great news this year. And we're all, you know, we're all excited of these these chapters in our lives. And we're, they're, they're, we're excited that we can actually do the, the, the music thing still as well because we've we've talked about it all and we're all very keen to get things moving you know so it's um it's going to be a good it's going to be it's going to be a good year with it like you know it's going to be I don't want to jinx myself but uh, I'm I'm just pleased that the music's out we've got some great new tunes written uh, that I'm really excited about we might actually drop I could, might might even drop one or two in the set so just for just to confuse people even further. Um. <laughs> well, if you're around Birmingham on July the 1st, that's the uh, EP launch show, isn't it? It is, yeah. We'll be, do we'll we'll be doing a couple of new ones at that, definitely. We're doing the EP, obviously, we'll be doing the whole EP. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just people just like, what's going on with these weird guys? Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll be doing the whole EP and we'll be doing, we'll be dropping in a couple, couple of new bangers as well, just because why not? You know, it's our, it's our show. We do what we want. <laughs> Absolutely. At this stage as well, you've got through to the other side and everything's kind of moving forward. I'm, I'm really, really pleased to hear the positivity coming from you. It's one of those super inspiring things. Um, and it's just nice to, yeah, you know. Um, 
James, we've been going for over an hour, almost at 70 minutes, actually. So it's been very enjoyable. I, I did I did tell you, I did warn you that I'm a waffler. So no, it's been golden, it's been golden. So we'll call it time there. Thank you. Thank you so very much time for doing this. Thank you, Carl man. Nice one. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?